Wednesday was the season premiere of The Crown. Netflix artfully timed its release the day after the midterms, when most Americans wish, instead of this shambolic cockfight we call democracy, we had a king instead. Sadly, Tuesday's midterms were an overpriced costume drama of a different sort. But like The Crown, the midterms served as a much-needed respite from the American people's real concerns. Real concerns like eviction, climate crisis, child poverty, unaffordable health care, student debt, and the rising costs of just trying to stay alive. Maybe one day we'll have an election about those issues. Welcome to the mop-up for November 10th. Jesus, November 10th, 2022. I'm David Feldman coming to you from an air shaft overlooking a parking garage somewhere in Manhattan where the temperature is 51 degrees and sunny. Hey, I'm a lonely, miserable, miserable human being. So please hit the like button and subscribe to my channel. Tease me, please hit the subscribe button, subscribe to this channel, like it, trick me into believing I can actually make a go of this pitiful exercise in self-destruction I call a podcast. Well, let's start with some good news this morning. And there is plenty. Yes, there is. In Colorado, a proposition passed on Tuesday giving public school cafeteria workers a raise and another proposition passed in Colorado guaranteeing every student going to school in Colorado, guaranteeing them a free lunch. There are few things more important than that. Who would be against free lunch for all kids going to public schools? Republicans, that's who. You know, first we give kids free lunch, then their brains get the nourishment they need to grow, and next thing you know, all we're left with are Democrats. Uh, Democrats are stupid, too, unless they vote for Bernie. But it is the midterms, and uh, I'm on Team Democrat. Okay, more good news, more good news. Tennessee, Alabama, Oregon, and Vermont all voted on Tuesday to outlaw prison labor. If you listen to this show, you know I talk about this all the time. Their state constitutions in Tennessee, Alabama, Oregon, and Vermont now will be rewritten to prevent the use of involuntary servitude and forced labor. This is still going on in America, forced prison labor. In some states, if prisoners refuse to work, they are denied parole, placed in solitary confinement, and they're not allowed to see their families. Meanwhile, they're making pennies. If they're lucky, they're making pennies on the dollar. Last year, Oregon Senator Jeff Merkley, a Democrat, introduced legislation to get rid of the loophole in the 13th Amendment that makes all of this possible. The 13th Amendment, as you all know, freed the slaves, but did not allow for free prison labor, but did allow for free prison labor. If Merkley's bill is passed uh, by both the Senate and the House, it would then require ratification by three-fourths of our states. Nebraska raised the minimum wage to $15, which is great news for people living in the year 2005. In all fairness, $15 an hour goes a long way 
in Nebraska, unfortunately not all the way out of Nebraska to someplace else. No, Nebraska is a great place, uh, great state. And Washington, D.C. voted to raise the minimum wage for restaurant workers to $16.10 by 2026. And we all know what $16.10 will be worth in four years. But it's still something. And it eliminates Washington, D.C. on Tuesday, eliminated what is called the $5.35 tipped minimum wage in which restaurant workers make less from their boss because they are paid in tips. That's what they get paid. They get paid $5.35 plus tips, and you get to spit in food when nobody's looking. So they eliminated the five thirty-five dollars uh, tipped wage, tipped minimum wage. And by the way, never be rude to anybody who works in a restaurant. That's what I told my kids. You know, unless you want to drink that waiter's saliva, it's yes, please, and thank you. Voters in Portland, Maine, rejected raising the minimum wage to $18. They also rejected uh, eliminating the tipped minimum wage for restaurant workers. So visitors to Portland, Maine, I hope you like the taste of mucus. It is the Secretary of State who oversee elections and a swath of Trump-supporting truthers were running this year to control the ballot counts in 2024. But these enemies of democracy, these crypto-fascists, mostly went down to defeat on Tuesday. The election deniers lost. In New Mexico, election denier Audrey Trujillo lost her race for Secretary of State, And in Michigan, election denier Christina Caramo lost hers. In Arizona, Democratic candidate for secretary of state Adrian Fontes looks like he's going to beat Republican election denier Mark Fincham by five percentage points. But that race has not yet been called. Minnesota election denier Kim Crockett lost her race for secretary of state As Minnesota turns deep blue, more on that later. In Nevada, unfortunately, Republican Jim Marchant, who is one of the country's leading election deniers, Jim Marchant in Nevada seems to be leading in his race for state attorney general. And Indiana's election denier Diego Morales won that race for secretary of state. But Indiana is going red in 2024, no matter who counts the votes. Republicans are having a rough week, much rougher than they expected. The results from Tuesday's races were mixed. And if there's anything the GOP hates most, it's the mixing of the races. Pennsylvania's Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman defeated Republican Dr. Mehmet Oz in the race for Senate. Dr. Oz was forced to vote by absentee ballot because he was way too busy campaigning in the state of Pennsylvania all week. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp handily beat his Democratic challenger, Stacey Abrams. But in the race for Senate in Georgia, there's now a runoff because not enough of the same Republicans who voted for Brian Kemp voted for Herschel Walker. 
I think that might have had something to do with the reason Republicans voted for Kemp over Stacey Abrams in the first place. Uh, the same reason they voted for Kemp over Stacey Abrams is the same exact reason they are congenitally unable to bring themselves to vote for Herschel Walker. He's black, just like Stacey A Abrams. And the people who voted for Kemp don't like black people. And uh, they're not going to vote for Herschel Walker, no matter how Republican and stupid he is. I told you abortion would be on the ballot. It was. 77% of Democrats said abortion was the second most important issue right behind inflation. And so voters said the right to abortion must be enshrined into the constitutions of California, Michigan, and Vermont. Would have been nice if Pelosi, Schumer, and Biden got rid of the filibuster and did that themselves, enshrined the right to an abortion in the U.S. Constitution. But this is a step forward from a major step backwards. Voters in Kentucky and Montana repeated what Kansas did earlier this year and they rejected a referendum that would have written it into their state constitutions, a clause saying a woman is not guaranteeing the right, a woman is not guaranteed the right to an abortion. Republicans have a problem. They are the party of anti-abortion. But Americans, even in red states like Kentucky, Montana, Kansas, they are pro-abortion, which is why Republicans, the party that is not pro-choice, has no choice but to steal these elections. Republicans went all in on abortion in about the past decade. Before that, they, they were in on abortion, but they didn't mean it. It was a fundraising ploy. But then the religious right said, no more money for you unless you actually outlaw abortion. So now Republicans, they're saddled with a really unpopular position. It's tough. You're stuck with abortion, GOP. You can't get rid of it. It's yours. You have to keep it. You made a mistake, and now you have to pay. You should have thought about this before you threw yourself into it, not thinking about the consequences. But now abortion, Republicans, abortion, it's in you. It's part of your DNA. Republicans, abortion is an extension of you, and it's going to drag you down, limit your options. But you have no choice. You have to keep it. No choice. Well, they have one choice. In order to win, like I said, they must steal elections. They must keep people from voting. They have to scrub the rolls, demand voter ID. They can't win if everyone votes. So in order for the party that's anti-abortion, in order for anti-abortionists to succeed, they must erase the lives of millions of Americans, pretend they never exist and don't allow them to vote. Women, women, unfortunately for Republicans, women make up more than half the electorate. And the ones, the women not chained to a barrel of corn whiskey in their husband's outhouse, well, they tend to vote Democrat. 
Michigan Democrats came out to vote for abortion, which was on the ballot. And that's why Democratic Governor Gretchen Whitmer beat Tudor Dixon. And it now looks like Michigan Democrats will have a trifecta winning the governor's mansion and both houses in the legislature. That's good news for Michigan. Bad news for the rancid Betsy DeVoe and her family of Amway scam artists who own Michigan. And it also looks like Democrats in Minnesota flipped their Senate blue. And so Minnesota is now controlled completely by Democrats as well. They get the trifecta. There are signs the Republican Party's Trump fever of fascism has broken. Now they should do something about the Ron DeSantis diarrhea of stupidity. <laughs> I don't know if that made any sense. Uh, the Trump fever of fascism has broken. Now they need to do something about the Ron DeSantis <laughs> diarrhea of stupidity. Uh, last night, uh, last Tuesday night, uh, today is Thursday morning, right? Okay, so last Tuesday night, Ron DeSantis won a majority of the Latino vote, 50%. But that's only because they all mistakenly believed he was putting them on a plane to Martha's Vineyard and getting them the hell out of Florida. Governor Ron DeSantis was reelected in Florida, beating Charlie Crist by nearly 20 percentage points. And that scale of victory makes him a major threat to Trump and probably a bigger threat to America, a bigger threat than Trump is, because DeSantis does fascism right. He does it better than Trump. DeSantis is more disciplined, and it, but his victory shows that Trump's path to the nomination in 2024 isn't so secure. And I must be honest, it would be great to see Trump do to DeSantis in the debates what he did back in 2016 to another Florida governor, Jeb Bush. I hate Trump, but he did destroy the Bush family in 2016. So if Trump does win the nomination and destroy DeSantis along the way, it'll be worth it so long as he loses in the general. The Republicans, uh, they were disappointed that big Republican blowout everyone predicted never materialized. On Wednesday morning, the only one waking up to a big red wave was Donald Trump, and that red wave was just from his poop splash. Yeah. Now, <laughs> some say Republicans did poorly because Donald Trump is a divisive figure. Where would they get that idea that he's divisive in the Republican Party. Where would they get such a thought? You can have Mitch McConnell and his wife, Coco. Coco Chow, you can have them both. That was the very racist Donald Trump Saturday in Florida. Then there are some who say the American voter believes Donald Trump has coarsened political discourse and only offers malice in lieu of real solutions. I just don't know where they get ideas like that. Jeff gets up, he goes to these meetings that are supposed to be secret. He goes in front of a microphone. No dummy, by the way, he's a bad human being. Very unattractive guy physically and inside also. <laughs> See, they'll say, oh, you shouldn't say that about a person's appearance. In his case, I'll say it. 
It's Donald Trump talking about Schiff. And apparently Donald Trump doesn't have a mirror. The Monday morning quarterbacks all need someone to blame for what happened on Tuesday. And now they're they're claiming Republicans, especially good and decent Republicans, stayed home on Tuesday because Donald Trump is a vulgarian. Why? Where would they get an idea like that? Your favorite president, excuse me to all those young people, your favorite president got screwed. That's what happened. Vulgarian? Screwed? I mean, screwed isn't vulgar. And But the whole point of voting for Trump is he never gets screwed. He's the screw-e. He screws other people, like his voters, who, you know, pick him because they've got a screw loose and they know Trump is going to screw them. But Trump getting screwed? Why would he say that? That makes no sense. He's too smart to get screwed. No victim. He... But there Trump is playing the sad sack, playing the victim card. Odd, odd. But come on, at least he doesn't really resort to vulgar language. Such bullshit, you've never seen anything like it. That was Trump Saturday night in Pennsylvania. Slipped out of his mouth, but he's got too much class to ever say that again. So the speech he made was total... You know what? I won't use it because my wife always says, she always says, darling, don't use the word bullshit. So I'm not going to use it. Tell you, first letter. She said, don't use that word. She said, please don't use that word. So I didn't. <laughs> you got to love some say he's a bad influence and, and you can't bring your kids to his rallies because they pick up bad habits. The crowd, that scene of Trump's crowd screaming bullshit. It's like a bad Barry Levinson movie, isn't it? Like the whole Trump presidency is like, Patty Chayefsky died and the studio said, let's get Barry Levinson to write it instead. I have nothing against Barry Levinson. He's just not Patty Chayefsky. But look, Trump didn't have a completely horrible night on Tuesday. One of his candidates, J.D. Vance, graduate of Yale Law School, won the Senate seat in Ohio. And just because he was endorsed by Trump, that doesn't mean Yale Law School graduate J.D. Vance is going to sink into the gutter to defeat Congressman Tim Ryan. No, J.D. Vance is a Yale Law School graduate, so he's going to fight Ryan on the issues. For example, flooding America with illegal aliens and then using American tax dollars to fund gender reassignment surgeries for those aliens. That's exactly what Tim Ryan has proposed doing. What a great noble candidate you are. Congratulations, J.D. Vance. Kevin McCarthy, Republican House leader, seen here going into precise detail, describing the size of his grandmother's breasts. Kevin McCarthy predicted his party would pick up 60 seats in the House. Now, 
that's not going to happen. And while the odds still favor Republicans taking the House and McCarthy taking Pelosi's gavel, or maybe he'll bring his own gavel, you know, given what happened to Paul Pelosi, maybe it's not a good idea for anyone to be holding a gavel. The point is, we won't know for weeks. And if he does win, if he becomes speaker, he'll be forced to govern with a razor thin margin. And there's no guarantee the radical right within his party will give him their vote for speaker. As we all know, history, history insists that the party with a president in office loses big in the midterms. It is significant that, I don't know, two days after the polls have closed, we, we still don't know who controls the House or the Senate. This is good news for Joe Biden, seen here giving himself an afternoon jolt of energy by sniffing Dr. Jill's thong. Now, if you have heard my previous show, you would know that I went after Biden and the Democratic establishment for playing a game of chicken with the American electorate because I believe their leadership is chicken shit. They are not willing to go big by running candidates like Bernie. Instead of throwing huge touchdown passes, these Democrats prefer a ground game of inches. They prefer the trench warfare of World War I to the total war we saw in World War II, you know, in Dresden and Hiroshima. It is the difference between incrementalism and going big. I believe in going big. But listen to what Ted Cruz had to say last night. Now, we know Biden isn't a lefty. Perhaps, however, perhaps he's coming across as one. Listen to what Ted Cruz says. Here's a lesson to take from last night. Look, why do the Democrats do better than expected? Because for two years, they've governed as liberals. They've governed as whacked out lefty nut jobs. And you know what that did? That excited their base. That excited a bunch of young voters that came out in massive numbers because when you actually stand for something, your base gets excited. There's a lesson for Republicans to learn. Yes, and there's a lesson for Democrats to learn. No matter what you do, hustlers like Ted Cruz are going to call you whacked out lefty Marxist nutjobs. So you might as well really energize your base by governing as a whacked out lefty Marxist nutjob. Because if you don't, whacked out righty fascist nutjobs like Ted Cruz, like Ted Cruz are going to take over. Congressman Sean Patrick Maloney, the head of the DCCC, he's the man in charge of winning the House for the Democrats, the man who decides which candidates get the big push, get the big money, and which ones don't. Well, this morning, Congressman Sean Patrick Maloney has no idea whether or not the Democrats have kept the House. But one thing is certain, He's not coming back to Washington, D.C. Congratulations, Howie Klein from Down With Tyranny. Democratic Congressman Sean Patrick Maloney, the head of the DCCC, has been voted out of office. The Democratic congressman assigned by Nancy Pelosi to make certain that the Democrats kept the House, couldn't even keep his own seat 
This is what Howie Klein wanted. So congratulations. Congratulations, Howie Klein. Last night, Maloney lost to Republican Mike Lawler. Some sad news. It looks like voters in Colorado's third congressional district are about to hand Congressman Lauren Boebert a brand new election to deny, this time her own. Lauren Boebert looks like she's going down and not on. Well, I won't do that, but <laughs> we won't. We won't. I won't say Ted Cruz. Those were just rumors, just rumors. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene called her this morning and offered the number of several divorce attorneys to have sex with. In Arizona, Maricopa County reported minor tabulation errors on Tuesday that were quickly fixed. A minor hiccup for Republican gubernatorial candidate and election denier Carrie Lake. If she wins or incontrovertible evidence of voter fraud if she loses, which she just might. Her Democratic opponent, Katie Hobbs, is leading right now by 13,000 votes with 70% of the total vote counted. Allie Alexander, who organized the January 6th Stop the Steal rally, which led to the attack on the Capitol, has a podcast. Here he is this Monday explaining how Carrie Lake's lizard brain spits out think juice. Here's what I would say to to Joe Biden. Any election I don't like is stolen. Any election where you get 81 million tabulations, not votes, is stolen. It's pretty simple. If I don't like it, it's stolen. If I like it, it's not stolen. If you win, it's stolen. That's how Carrie Lake is going to play the election in Arizona. It's stolen if she lost it. And it looks right now like she lost it. Election denier Doug Mastriano lost his race for governor of Pennsylvania or Mastriano election denier denied election. Mastriano he, too, was there on January 6th, and he's a world-class homophobe, hates gay men, which is kind of kind of too bad since his face looks like a shaved chode. I know several guys in the village who would be into him. But uh, Mastriano, Doug Mastriano, hates the gays, hates the transgender community, hates the LGBT community. But he sees signs from heaven. Here he is the night before the midterms campaigning outdoors, trashing the LGBTQ community, complaining about pronouns. He hates pronouns. He's bitching and moaning about pronouns. And all of a sudden, his blousy and bedraggled anti-Semitic wife suddenly sees a sign from heaven. Watch. They tell me their, their kids are being told, don't tell your parents we're playing pronoun games at school. Oh, no, you don't. Oh, no, you don't. Rainbow. Rainbow. His idiot wife saw something. Rainbow. Rainbow. He's talking about pronouns, trashing the LGBTQ community, and 
making fun of transgender children, and his idiot wife suddenly says, Rainbow. Yes, and by the way, that's all his idiot wife is allowed to say. All she's allowed to say is, Rainbow. Yes, she's only allowed to say rainbow, or else she's fitted with the skull's bridle. You know what the skull's bridle is? All Republican men own one. The skull's bridle. You know, the iron muzzle that you wrap around your uppity wife's face and then insert the bridle bit into the mouth to compress the tongue to make certain she never speaks that abandoned cement quarry she mistakenly refers to as a mind. Rainbow. 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 Yes, Mrs. Jim Crow. That would be Doug Mastriano's wife. I call her Mrs. Jim Crow. Her husband is busy trashing the LGBTQ community, and she looks up and sees a sign from heaven. Rainbow. Rainbow, because she's a devout anti-Semite. And her anti-Semitic Lord is sending a message. What could he be telling us? Rainbow. Rainbow. What could your anti-Semitic God be telling you and your husband and the crowd while he's trashing the LGBTQ community, prattling on and on about pronouns? What, what did you see? What is, what is your anti-Semitic God telling you, Mrs. Jim Crow? Rainbow. Right, a rainbow. And let's, let's think now for a second. Your husband is trashing the gays trashing transgender children, leading to their eventual suicide, bullying gay people, and you see... Rainbow. You see a rainbow. Hmm. Now, what is the rainbow a symbol for? Is it... Oh, right, it's a symbol for discrimination against the LGBTQ community, right? Gay people hate rainbows. They hate the rainbow flag. They never carry it in a parade because the rainbows... Rainbows are symbols of sexual intolerance. Rainbow is the symbol for black and white, good versus evil. Rainbow is the symbol that tells your anti-Semitic God in heaven above that there are only two types of people, good people and bad people. That's what you saw. Rainbow. You saw a rainbow, Mrs. Jim Crow, married to... Doug Mastriano. So let's watch these two fanatical, homophobic Christian nationalists who wouldn't know Jesus if they were nailing him to a cross. Let's watch these inbred, fossilized, homunculus turds. Let's watch them see this sign from heaven. Rainbow. Yes, a rainbow. Let's watch them interpret the sign while... Doug Mastriano is trashing transgender children and pronouns. Where is it? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, we got another rainbow behind us here. <laughs> you want to talk about it? <laughs> no, crying. crying. I'm crying. She's crying. It's a sign in heaven. Yay! 
yes, it's a sign in heaven. You're trashing the LGBTQ community, complaining about pronouns, and you see a rainbow, and it's a sign from heaven. What could it? What could your anti-Semitic God be telling you? God is sending a message to Pennsylvania. Incredible. Yes, God, your anti-Semitic God, your racist, homophobic. Muslim-hating, Hispanic-hating, warmongering, anti-Semitic God, Doug Mastriano, your God is sending a message to Pennsylvania. And that message is... Rainbow. Yes, it's a rainbow. Yes, it's a rainbow. And that message that your anti-Semitic, homophobic, bigoted, racist God, the, the signal that he's sending to you, Doug Mastriano, is you're going to lose big Tuesday night to State Attorney General Josh Shapiro. Rainbow. Who is superior to Doug Mastriano in every way. He is smarter, kinder, gentler, more caring. He knows how to read. His voters aren't afraid of fire or the wheel. They've learned to harvest seed and... Josh Shapiro's wife, unlike yours, Doug Mastriano, Josh Shapiro's wife hasn't been lobotomized by a cult preaching a counterfeit version of Christianity like the one you and your amoeba-brained anti-Semitic wife belong to. Your anti-Semitic wife who can only say... Rainbow. Doug Mastriano is a white supremacist. He thinks some people are better than others. Well, here is someone who is much better than you, Doug Mastriano. Then again, that's not saying much. The rot in your anti-Semitic wife's crotch is superior to you. Rainbow. But here, take a listen to the next governor of Josh the next governor of Pennsylvania, Josh Shapiro. You know, this guy loves to talk a good game about freedom, right? Let me tell you something. It's not freedom to tell women what they're allowed to do with their bodies. That's not freedom. It's not freedom to tell our children what books they're allowed to read. It's not freedom when he gets to decide who you're allowed to marry. I say love is love. It's not freedom to say you can work a 40-hour work week, but you can't be a member of a union. That's not freedom. And it sure as hell isn't freedom to say you can go vote, but he gets to pick the winner. That's not freedom. That's not freedom. But you know what? You know what we're for? We're for real freedom. And let me tell you what, let me tell you what real freedom is. Real freedom is when you see that young child in North Philly and you see the potential in her, so you invest in her public school. That's real freedom. That's real freedom. 
freedom comes when we invest in that young child's neighborhood to make sure it's safe so she gets to her 18th birthday. That's real freedom. I say love is love. And I say Doug Mastriano is a piece of shit. And I'd call his wife an anti-Semitic scumbag if her husband Doug had any scum to pump inside of her. Rainbow. I'm on my way to be a billionaire. Now you can make fun of me, but I don't really care. I have a plan to get there by and by. As long as I stay healthy and I never die Fifteen bucks an hour Five days a week Fifty-two weeks a year And thirty-two thousand years I know it's a long time, honey To thirty-four thousand and twenty But when I get there, babe I'm gonna be in the money I'm on my way a billionaire Now you can make fun of me But I don't really care I have a plan To get there By and by As long as I stay healthy And I never die All I really need Is a second job Or a third Lift myself up my boots And join that elite herd of the 600 billionaires in the USA Who make more in a second than I do in a day I'm on my way, yes I am I'm on my way I'm on my way Oh, yes I am Yes, I do by and by. As long as I stay healthy and I never die. As long as I stay healthy and I never die. As long as I stay healthy and I never die. 